Welcome to Opus Private Clients Wealth Style Podcast. All of the material discussed on our podcasts have specific themes, and that's to move your wealth and lifestyle forward, increase your purpose, and provide you with clarity and confidence. Opus's mantra is always forward. We have found that regardless of one's wealth, moving your lifestyle forward is the number one priority for our clients. On our podcast, we'll share our rich 35 years of experience in designing strategies, share clients' experiences, and introduce resources that have positively impacted our clients. We trust that you will enjoy our direct, transparent, and realistic approach to positively impacting the quality of you and your family's lives. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Opus Private Client Wealth Style Podcast. My name is Ivan Watanabe. I'll be your host today. Uh, and today we have a great guest with us, uh, Rob Karp, the founder and CEO of Miles Ahead, way described to be and, and is way more than your average travel agency. I'm excited for Rob to come on today to share a little bit about what he's seeing for the world of travel and uh, to give us a bunch of insights. So welcome, Rob. How are you doing, man? I am doing great. It's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rob, so so the audience can get familiar with you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us about the company that you started. Uh, what is it that you guys do? Yeah. So um, I actually started this business almost nine years ago when I was a sophomore in high school. You know, I, I grew up with a real passion for aviation and flying and, and sort of helping people book flights. So I started a business helping people use their frequent flyer miles to book free tickets around the world. And amazingly so, there were adults and real people who trusted you know, me at that age to uh, take care of this for them. And that trust built referrals over time. And quickly we learned that the people who had a lot of miles also had disposable income to spend on their travel. Um, and I sort of, by their request, became a travel agent. Um, but I said, I'm not going to be like any other travel agent out there. I'm going to uh, figure out how to be how to be different, be innovative and stay cutting edge. Um, and um, that's sort of what I've done the past nine years. I uh, went to the hotel school at Cornell. I hired my first employees, built up a company with a bunch of students. We started to get a little bit more into the high end side of the business. Um, graduated May of 2019 with a, a business handling about $10 million of travel. And, and today we'd sort of consider ourselves, you know, especially after getting co through COVID, which was um, a journey in itself, uh, very much a, uh, a luxury travel concierge um, with a real focus on providing a, a, an elevated luxury experience. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and your story and the ride has been super awesome to watch. I mean, you know, with your affiliation to Opus, you know, we've had the pleasure of seeing the success of the last few years. And so it's awesome to see the success that you're having and the value that you're providing your clients. I know, you know, some of my partners have utilized your services and, 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 uh, had nothing but wonderful things to say. Um, so keep, keep doing your thing, man. We're, we're, uh, we're really rooting for you and we know your, your company is doing well. I, I think what would be really interesting to hear about since you're so tied into the travel market is where should folks be thinking about going nowadays based off of travel restrictions and, you know, what countries are a little bit safer to go to than others? I mean, What's your take on just the travel landscape today and, and what should people be thinking about? Well, first of all, th thank you, Yvonne. It's, it's been a real pleasure to, um, to, to work with some of the team. You know, travel today, thankfully, is a lot different than travel was a year ago this time. 
we have a better handle on what's going on in terms of COVID. Countries, uh, you know, some countries have rolled out vaccines and people are moving. You know, there was a point in April of last year where there were a total of 77,000 people who clocked through the TSA, which is the lowest that has ever been in decades. It's a very, I still find it to be a very personal decision in terms of people being comfortable to travel or not. A few months into COVID, I want to, well, a little more than a few months, a bunch of studies came out saying that it was safe to travel on airlines. People were like, great. And then it was like, okay, well, if we get on a plane, like, are we going to see family? Are we staying in a hotel? And slowly over time, people have gotten comfortable getting back into that travel experience. What's happening today that's really interesting is countries are starting to reopen and restrictions are changing. And they might be one thing in the morning and they might be one thing the next night. You know, it's, it's been really though inspiring to watch and see over the past few weeks of France is now opening to vaccinated travelers. Israel is opening to vaccinated travelers. Greece is actually now open. Um, and it's almost like the world is starting to like rebirth, stepping back, you know, it's, 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 it's sort of an ever-changing landscape right now. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it's, it's funny it, or not funny, but I remember last year, my wife and I had a trip planned to Turks and Caicos and we were getting ready to go. And then um, a couple of days before we were supposed to travel, they changed the, the, the days in which you could fly into the country and days in which you could fly out. And those days, you know, didn't end up working for us. So we had to cancel the, vac- the vacation. But I think your point is, is super valid is people have to kind of feel comfortable about their plans in general. So assuming that somebody is, is comfortable, where should they be looking to get information on what the rules and restrictions are for a particular country or, you know, whether a particular, you know, area is, is, you know, receptive to having, having um, travelers, are you looking, are there particular parts of the country or the world that you're looking at kind of fill me in a little bit on, on international travel right now? Yeah, so I'd say sort of three things. Um, one, the New York Times has a great tracker in terms of how many COVID cases there are in a certain place, as well as uh, sort of a, a how, what percentage of the country has been vaccinated. Um, mm-hmm. Number two, which I sort of use as a, always a reference tool if a client's ever like, hey, what's going on in this part of the world? Number two, there's a tool called Sherpa, S-H-E-R-P-A, where if you Google Sherpa tool and you pop in where you are going to go, where you're coming from, it will outline for you, here are the quarantine requirements. Do you need to show a vaccine? When do you need a COVID test within? Like what's all the paperwork that you need? And that's really helpful to sort of simplify what complex travel requirements are are, are needed these days. And the third thing, honestly, is, is sort of honestly been the rise of like the travel businesses and the travel advisors as people have started to go again, because it's not as easy as just, I want to go somewhere tomorrow. It's like, okay, can I get there? And what do I need to get there? And am I allowed to come? Right. Um, and, and so sort of having like an ally or an advocate who you can pay a little bit to sort of like guide you through that process, you know, similar to how, you know, when you guys guide clients at Opus in terms of, you know, what should you be doing and why that's, that's been interesting interesting to see. In terms of like international travel, I mean, Europe is kind of a mixed bag because their vaccine rollouts have been 
definitely slowed down. And what was once a, a very optimistic May-June reopening, which still is potentially possible, is more likely a, a late summer, early fall, August, September type deal. What's nice is that while there's still such uncertainty with like when Europe's going to open, when Australia is going to open, what about Southeast Asia? the suppliers, meaning the hotels and the tour guides and the transportation companies are being really flexible to say, hey, give us no deposit or give us a small deposit and we'll make it refundable, you know, until you go on your trip. Like in Greece, most hotels are operating off a seven or 14 day cancellation when in the past they might operate off 30 or 60 days. Yeah. 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 No, that I've seen that, you know, in general, I think it, I think the flexibility of the, the hospitality industry has been huge for travelers because it makes the experience a little less anxiety driven, right? It makes it a little bit more flexible if life kind of gets even more messy between now and then. Are you, are there any places that you would particularly stay away from at this time or really, you know, just you're, you're a little bit concerned that, that um, if somebody said, Hey, you know, I want to travel to this particular area or this particular country that you might try to steer your clients away from? There isn't a particular country I would say not to go to. We typically advise clients who want to go to places that are currently closed and, and let them know that, you know, we personally can't control and don't have a crystal ball of when it's going to be open. So usually shifting the conversation to say, hey, here's where you can go, right? You know, if someone's looking to go to Europe this summer, they should go to Greece, they should go to Croatia, they should go to Montenegro, or they should hop down to Morocco. Because these are countries who are open, who have been open and are more than willing to accept American travelers with a, you know, a decent vaccine rollout. You know, if, if, if you said to me, Hey, I want to go to Zanzibar right now, it probably would not be the first suggestion. Gotcha. Gotcha. So pivoting a little bit, you know, your, your particular role, especially today, I think is more valuable than ever. Right. I mean, having your company and your insight and, and, um, and really just the backing to help people walk through this very stressful process when they're trying to plan a vacation, when they are trying to navigate, just to having a good time in general after they get there. But not only that, you know, I want to have a comfortable experience, right? I don't want to be in a place where, you know, I, I, I would, for a perfect example, like going to South Beach a couple months ago during spring break. I mean, if you had no idea, you'd show up and there were thousands of spring breakers there you know, going crazy, right? So um, your services are, are just super valuable. Can you just tell the, 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 the audience a little bit more about what it is that your company does and why they should consider, you know, having a travel advisor take them through their process? Yeah, you know, I, I think it sort of it comes down to, to three things in, in our business to be successful and add value to, you know, listeners to this podcast. One is getting a really, really good understanding of your client. What do they like to eat? Where do they like to stay? What's the type of pillow that they like to sleep on? Like, that's the type of intimate relationship that we have with our clients is we understand how they like to live their lives. And then number two, we're able to combine that with the product knowledge that we have. I mean, um, I, I spend a few hundred, few hundred days a year just on the road visiting properties and meeting with general managers and whatnot. And just got back from an 18-day, what I would refer to, scouting trip in Utah, Jackson Hole, and Cabo, purely just to get smart on these destinations. Um, you know, so when people are sort of asking us our opinion, it's not like, hey, this is what I think, but it's what I know. 
And then three is, you know, leveraging the relationships that we have sort of with all these hotels and the airlines and the cruise lines and whatnot, so that when we're sending people to our, to the places we have relationships, they're being well taken care of and they're getting upgrades and their champagne in their room. And they're not just guest number 54 from Expedia, you know, they're a, they're a miles ahead VIP, so to speak. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, and again, I think it just elevates the experience, especially today, you know, given the environment that we're in. Travel is, is nerve-wracking regardless of where you're going, right? I want to plan a getaway with two other couples to someplace even in the States. It's like, okay, well, what airline should I choose? You know, is Delta still offering the middle seat vacant? Is, is, are they doing a better job than other airlines? Is, is the resort that we're planning on going to acting responsible? Are they, do they have good protocol in place? You know, how the hell am I supposed to get from the airport to the hotel? Is that, am I going to have a secure, safe ride there? I mean, those are just, and I'm just talking about a three-day weekend to Florida, right? So having your services is incredibly valuable. Again, I feel like never more than today. Well, it's interesting because I feel COVID accelerated a major trend of Mm pre-planning. You know, there was a point when, and still hotels will say, you need to make a reservation to go to the gym. Like when before COVID, did you ever have to make a reservation for that? You know, right. oh, you can usually just go like, or you want to use a, a chair by the pool. Like you need to make these reservations in advance. And, and how are you supposed to know that if you're a lay traveler, right? You know, so it's sort of like our kind of role has shifted a bit this year to say, hey, here's everything you need to know and more. And people are like, whoa, this is what's involved. We're like, yeah, we're going to take the stress off your plate. Um, but it's sort of like, you don't know what you don't know. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of the, just to make a little bit of a pivot, you know, a burning question, and this is why, you know, some major websites even exist. And I know, you know, many people put all of their expenses on their, on their credit cards uh, so that they can rack up credit card points. I am, that's exactly what I do. And I am terrible at using my Amex points. I have no idea how to use them. And I know there's a science and a finesse behind it. Um, I'd be curious if you can just give the the audience a little bit of insight on sort of best practices as to how they should use their existing credit card points. Again, we're not advocating going to put debt on your credit cards in order to get points, but if they're already on there, you know, tell tell the audience, you know, a little bit about what you would recommend in general. You know, it's interesting because pre-COVID, the best use for points were booking like international premium class mileage tickets Mm -hmm. to wherever you're going. So you wanted to fly from New York to Australia. It was going to cost you $7,000 a ticket. You could use your two or 300,000 miles and amazing. Then sitting coach, you could sit business. Um, Or, you know, you want to fly to Europe. It's going to cost you three, four grand, use your 125,000 miles. Fantastic. Um, Then all of a sudden you couldn't use your points to travel for X amount of time. And so the credit card companies actually got flexible and said, hey, we're going to let you use your points towards everyday purchases, sometimes at the same rate, if not a higher rate, towards everyday expenses. For example, if you have a Chase Sapphire Reserve card, which is pretty popular you know, among um, sort of the affluent tri-state area community, you could get 1.5 cents a point and uh, in, in value out of uh, booking travel through Chase. But what Chase said during the pandemic is, we'll allow you to use your points 
to knock dining and grocery charges off your credit card, also 1.5 cents a point. So we actually advised a bunch of clients who had points sitting around and say, hey, this is how you could use them effectively. Um, you know, there, there's not a one size fits all answer, Yvonne. It's kind of, uh, it really depends on what people's, people's goals are and what they want to achieve and how much are they spending and, and um, you know, are they points hoarders or are they points spenders? Um, <laughs> but, yeah. but at the end of the day, there's, um, there's a lot you can get out of them, but it may not be, uh, you know, very clear up front. Yeah. You know, I, I think I fall into that hoarder's camp because I, I don't really know how to spend them correctly. Right. The last thing I want to do is, you know, buy something from the website or, you know, offset some expenses um, using points. If it's, you know, the same dollar feeling like I'm missing out on an opportunity to use those dollars at two X if I, you know, you utilize them correctly. So like, do I have this right? If I use my Amex, my Amex points, my platinum card to transfer the points to say Delta or a website that or an airline that I like, can I maximize the points in that fashion? Like how would somebody do that? So, you know, again, it, it, it sort of depends on exactly what, you know, do you want to travel internationally? Do you want to travel domestically? You want to use it towards a hotel and Airbnb, but my biggest advice to people would be two things. Start, you know, reading blogs like the points guy or one mile at a time, sign up for, you know, their newsletters and, and sort of incorporate it into your daily or weekly reading. Or two is you hire a professional like my company, or there are some other businesses out there who are fluent in sort of miles and points. Actually, um, uh, there's another company we've worked with in Westchester called the points mom, and they'll set up consultations for you um, and get some expert advice. It's just, it's, it's, it's different for depending on what every, you know, person or family's priorities are. If we hired miles ahead for our next trip, would you be able to utilize our existing credit card points? I could give you that information and you'd be able to figure out if it makes sense and how to structure it through, through your, your platform. Yeah. So you could say to us, let's say, you know what, Rob, we want to go back to Turks. We have 200,000 Amex points. What's the best way to apply them towards the trip? And we would talk you through and say, if you use them for the flights, here's how it works. If you use them for the hotels, here's how it works. Here's what we recommend. And here's what we don't suggest. Even being able to have a conversation about it makes sense or it doesn't, I think is a key piece um, you know, in that advisory and guidance process. And we might tell you it doesn't make sense or, hey, this is a great deal. Um, but it's, it's part of the consultation process. Got it. Awesome. And I, I think lastly, so, so kind of fill the audience in a little bit on how hiring somebody like yourself and your company works when booking travel. Like how do, how do we pay you? Um, how, do, how, do we, how do we leverage your services? Yeah, it's a great question. So we sort of have a sliding fee scale um, where, you know, someone wants to plan a 14-day safari to Africa that's going to be you know, a higher fee, so to speak. If someone just wants us to book a straight hotel for them, we're probably not gonna charge them a fee. Um, so we will always sort of, our fees are scaled to the scope of work that we're doing. And that's part of the upfront conversation that uh, you know, we have with clients when we onboard them. Great, and, and how, do they, how do people go about finding you? So you can send in an inquiry through our website um, milesahead.co. For years, we've tried to get .com, but uh, it's, a, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> or uh, you can shoot an email to info at milesahead.co is, is where we manage all of our new inquiries. 
Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Rob, you know, I know this has been super valuable for me and I'm, I'm sure the audience has gotten a lot, of, a lot taken away from it. Is there anything in particular you want to leave behind for the audience? Anything that you want to make sure people take away? The real big thing I would say is um, the travel world is starting to come back. It's really, I, I, I think it's, it's back on its way to, to glory. And when you are comfortable, when you have the chance to go out and travel, go do it. Um, and when you do it, you know, make sure that, you know, uh, all, all the staff and, and, and any of these, you know, hotels or even the flight attendants, they've had a really rough year. Um, so I think even more when I approach these hotels is making sure that you're being, you know, even more gracious when you tip and just saying thank you. And at the end of the day, it comes down to the human connection. And, and I would encourage everyone just to, um, there were parts of the travel world before that maybe were a little bit of transactional. And, and I think we just need to take for granted and enjoy, you know, these true hospitality experiences. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, 100% agree um, and, and, and totally co-sign that. I, I appreciate you being on, man. Thanks so much for the time. And for you, the listening audience, thank you for listening in to the Opus Well Style podcast. You can click subscribe below uh, to be notified when we have another podcast. Be well, everybody. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Style podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or Opus Private Client, LLC, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian and its subsidiaries do not use or advise regarding credit cards. Yvonne Watanabe is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA, SIPC. Yvonne Watanabe is a financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Opus Private Client LLC is not registered in any state or with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission as a registered investment advisor. Yvonne's California Insurance License Number 0H44206. Compliance Approval 2021-119183 expires April 2023.